Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. And today we are going to be doing a live Q&A. And all we're going to be doing is answering your questions. We're calling this the Ask Me Anything episode. In fact, I'm going to write that down right here. Let's actually ask us because I have Gavin Timms with us. Hey, ask guys. Us anything. I should clarify, uh, ask us anything real estate <laughs> investing related. All right. Don't ask me for child rearing advice, parenting advice, husbandry advice, being a spouse, good spouse, like just business related, please. Real estate related. And uh, so what we have here is, um, again, a special little podcast that we're going to be doing. We're broadcasting this live to Facebook and YouTube. I emailed my list about it. I've been trying to put it out on Facebook and social media. So we're expecting a lot of people here, hopefully, if it's all working. And we're going to do our best to answer any and all of your real estate investing related questions. And Gavin, you can hear me okay. How are you? Yes, I'm good, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, I can hear you good. We're on Facebook. I was just trying to get to see if we're on YouTube. So we but, are um, on Facebook and YouTube. We are on Facebook. Yes, we're on Facebook. So hey guys watching on Facebook. I'm trying to look right now on uh, on YouTube though. Yeah, just do the search for Joe McCall channel. So I uh, got a question already kind of related to what we're talking about. Not real estate, but <laughs> I get asked this question a lot. So I'll just answer it. What app are you using for your Facebook live streams? I'm using two of them. Number one, I'm using StreamYard, StreamYard, and then I'm using Restream.io, R-E-Stream, Restream.io for pushing it out to Facebook and YouTube, even Periscope. Carl, what's going on? Carl from Huntsville, Alabama. Good to hear from you, man. All right. So this is the Ask Me Anything show. As people are coming on, I'm expecting, hoping for a lot of questions. If you guys don't ask us questions, that's fine too, because we sent a survey out a week ago to my list asking people, hey, what's going on? How are you doing? So we sent a how are you doing survey, and we've got a ton of questions that were submitted there. So Gavin, can you see the comments in here? No, I can't. I think you can. Oh, I can. I can. Yep. Ah, so we're getting some in. Like, make sure we read them first before we display them. Okay. I'll let you display. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Paul, greetings up from Michigan. Still doing my handwritten letters. Nice. Good. And getting some calls and making offers, but nothing under contract yet. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Right, guys? You're absolutely right. And Paul, I know we've talked about this before, I think, but I would suggest thinking about sending handwritten letters to older listings. If you're not licensed, that's something that you might want to consider doing. Doesn't like we've hit YouTube yet, Joe. We've not? Facebook we have. I've just texted Sammy's looking at it. Yeah, YouTube's been giving us problems lately. I think we might get on there soon. We'll try here. Keith has a question here. Calling Fizbo's is very time consuming. If we do not have the time to do that, is there another way to acquire motivated seller leads, both economically and time concerned? Yes, Fizbo's. I have a VA that does it all for me. And I don't particularly like cold calling 
FISBOs. You certainly can, but I, there's other better lists I'd rather cold call. So I like to send text messages and I have a VA send text messages. You can get a VA to send 50 to 100 text messages a day. You need to mix them up, make sure each text message is personalized, has the address and the name of the owner in the text. Okay. And send these texts. And you might want to change phone numbers every couple of days so you don't get marked as spam. But text messages work really well. And then you can only talk to the people that raise their hands. And there's two texts you can send. Number one, I like to send, Hey, I saw your house at 123 Main Street on Zillow. Looks like a beautiful home. I'm an investor. Is your price negotiable? That's something you could say. You could also say, Hey, I saw your house. Looks like a nice home at 123 Main Street on Zillow. It looks like a nice home. So change it up, right? And you wouldn't consider maybe leasing it for a little while and then selling it, would you? Or you could say, my wife and I are looking for a property that we can lease for a little bit and then buy. Would that work for you? You want to get about 10, 20 different kinds of texts that you send out and you can get a VA to send 50 to 100 of them pretty easily for you. We do that in REI Simple, REI Simple. Um, by the way, a lot of people ask me, how do I get REI Simple? It's real simple. You go to reisimple.com and sign up for it, reisimple.com. It's our CRM. So again, this is the Ask Me Anything podcast episode. We are live on Facebook and YouTube if you're just joining us. And on this call, we're just going to take an hour or so and answer any and all of your questions. Looks like we're not able to get it on YouTube. I told people on my email list we would be on YouTube, so I apologize. But how about this question from... Josh, how do you think land investing is going to change in light of these changes going on? I don't know yet, but I do know this. People are getting deals under contract and they're selling them. There's some Facebook groups that I belong to, land investing Facebook groups. People are doing deals right now. And I would suggest, I mean, suspect my my opinion, if it matters, is that you're going to see an uptick in land sales because people wanting to get away from everything, get a place as long as the land is cheap, all right, they're looking for bargains, obviously. But if there's a lot of people looking to get away from the city, get away from, you know, the the hustle and bustle, even after this all blows away, there's going to be people like wanting to get away from the dense urban centers, getting out to the suburbs. There's people that are going to be in the suburbs that want to get out into the country. And people want more space, especially with this virus stuff going on. And especially in the survival prepper niche industry, a lot of people are trying to just get away, like have a place where they can bug out, get off the grid, you know, hide their guns, hide their food from the government that's going to come and take everything away. And so there, there's a lot of preppers looking for land. Now, when you're selling land, I'd really strongly recommend you sell it for cash and terms, offer it for cash and terms. So we're, we're I'm not slowing down our land investing. Uh, we're ramping it up because we're buying and our offers are even lower now, but we're buying land and we're selling it cash and or terms. You want to make sure, like a general rule of thumb, you want to make sure you're at least an hour to two hours away from any city that's at least has 50,000 people in it. Generally speaking, you want to be in areas that are more looked at in that area as recreational use, right? So you don't want to, I don't recommend going out and getting flat desert in the middle of nowhere, California. I like something with more hills and more trees, someplace that somebody can look at and say, let's build a cabin there. Let's go camping there. Let's bring our four-wheelers. Let's go hunting. And let's just get away from it all. There's a big, big need for that. Okay. Dan Toback, what's going on, man? Some of my favorite friends. What's up, guys? Gavin, we need some Vinny's when this thing rolls over. What's Vinny's? Vinny's is a pizza in Savannah. Right on. It's his favorite, favorite spot. <laughs> Beautiful. Keith, thank you, Joe. You're welcome. Is there a cost to sending text messages inside of REI Simple? 
Uh, yes, if you're familiar with Vumber, Vumber with a V, it's about the same cost as Vumber. But the cool thing about REI Simple is it's all done inside of the lead. So your text replies that come back, your texts that go out, they're all kept inside of the lead. Same with the phone calls and the voicemails and the outbound emails. It's all kept inside of the lead. And so it does cost a little money. How much does it cost? I think texts are what, one and a half cents per text or something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. If you're doing like, you know, 50 to 100 texts a day, you're not going to be spending more than 75 bucks a month, maybe at the most, 50 bucks, maybe. If that. Yeah. Oh yeah, Carl brings up a good point. Keith, it's better to go after for rent by owners on Zillow. Fizbos are usually harder. I would say both, right? You're going to find more rentals than Fizbos, but go after both. And Keith says, thanks, Carl. Right. Lamar. Have real estate prices began to drop or is everyone just anticipating they will? I don't think we've seen enough data yet. I've not seen it from Inman. I go to Inman a lot to get my news, real estate news, if you've not heard of that. It's kind of like a Realtors tabloid because uh, it's always kind of salacious, scandalous things on there, but it's pretty fascinating. And But Inman, I-N-M-A-N, and they usually have a lot of you know data that comes out and reports and stuff. So, so far, I've not seen them talk about it. I mean, I've seen them talk about how things are slowing down. Closings are being delayed, hearing that all over the board. But as prices dropping, we just don't have enough data to show that. But I would bet you a glass of iced tea they are. That's just kind of what happens. Carl says they're buying all the ammo, too. I can't find any. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny from Spanish Town, Jamaica. That would be a cool place to be right now, wouldn't it? All right. That's powerful having it all in one spot for REI Simple. You're right. Celeste, how do you find for rents by owner? This is from uh, Jai. How do you find for rents by owner? Simple. Zillow for rents, Craigslist for rents, and Facebook Marketplace. Now, I'm just going after all the rentals. Some of them may be for rent by owner. Some of them may be for rent by landlord or property manager, whatever. That's okay. I'm still sending marketing. So I'm. what kind of marketing am I sending? I'm sending a text message. I'm sending an email. I'm sending letters. So the cool thing about REI Simple is you get the lead in there. And if maybe it doesn't have a phone number, maybe it's a phone number of a property manager. I can click a button. It says find owner. It pulls up the owner's name and mailing address. I click another button. I can create a letter, click another button. I can send that letter in the physical mail to the seller for about 80, 85 cents using click to mail, email to mail. And it's really amazing. It's, it works real well and you can do it on yellow paper so that it just it's on a see-through window envelope and you'll get good responses with that. You will. How is the virus situation affecting business? Well, that could, we could talk for an hour about that. And I want to, I'm not going to answer it right now because we've already done a ton of podcasts and videos on it recently. So I'd encourage you guys to go check out the podcast and subscribe to the Real Estate Investing Mastery podcast. Real Estate Investing Mastery is the name of the podcast. So go subscribe to it. Also check out the YouTube channel. I've interviewed at least, well, Gavin and I've done this a couple of times. I've interviewed five, six, seven other guys talking about it. I'm optimistic, but I, I tend to always be optimistic. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. We're not slowing down our market marketing. We're making more offers than ever. And we are starting to ramp up our buyer marketing. It's important you um, uh, keep your buyer marketing active. Yeah. Just to touch on that real quick. Uh, you know, we've done, as Joe said, we've done some videos, but doubling down right now, we, we have no idea what the market's going to do. So all we know is that it hasn't dropped as of now from the numbers that we've been given. All we know is that closings are being delayed, but they're still open and still happening. Okay. All we know is buyers are still buying and some aren't. So we need to find the ones that are. And we know that there's more motivation than ever. And also there's some people that are just don't want to sell the property and want to want to kind of ride this out. So 
what we're doing in our business, and we've talked a lot about in the week, but I think it's so important, is that you cannot sit and do nothing, okay, and wait for it to pass because we don't know how long it's going to take to pass. So you've got to go, if you're already in real estate, you need to be doubling down on, on your follow-up in your CRM. And, and this goes back from three weeks ago. So forget a year ago and six months and three months and 30 days. Well, let's even go to two weeks ago because no one could see this happening as it kind of unfolded so fast. So you need to be calling them and, and kind of seeing if you're if you run this business from a, and you're efficient with your notes, which you should be, you should be taking good notes with the seller. You can open up any lead, find out what the conversation was last time. Now, when you call them again, you make it about what is going on in the world right now, how are they doing? And uh, you're checking back in with them, nothing to do with the property. And you're looking for, has their situation changed from the last time you spoke? So you check your notes with what they say. If the situation is moved to more motivation, okay, then you know that you're onto something now to work that lead. And this could be as, as crazy as, no, I'm not selling if it was off market or no, I just want to sell if it's for sale by owner. But now if you hear things, well, well, yeah, it's crazy right now. You know, I thought it would have sold, but it probably isn't in this market and I don't know what to do. I've got double mortgage payments because we've got our house. You're going to hear things that you didn't hear last time that you spoke. And that's when then you can try and solve that situation by saying, so Mr. Seller, if, you know, if we could cover that payment of that second mortgage, how would that make you feel? And it's something as simple as that. And if they say, well, that'd be great if I could have that. Well, this is how we could do it. Would you be interested in renting it to me for a year or two? Okay. Uh, and then, you know, let me have the option to buy it then. That wouldn't work, would it? And this is what a lease option is without actually using the terms lease option, lease purchase. You do it in, a, in kind of a different way. So they understand the, the terminology that you're using. And this is just one scenario. We're seeing tons of scenarios. Yesterday, for instance, we had a buyer that was out in one of our zip codes looking at a house. And he said, while I'm here, do you have anything else? Because we want to buy. Do you have anything else we can get in? So we went into the CRM. We pulled the zip code that he was in. And we then just went and started hitting every single person. Hey, are you, are you interested in selling? I know we talked before. You know, we want to try and get in today if it's vacant. And, uh, and we got two by doing that that he went and seen yesterday. We haven't locked them up yet, but it's a potential. So again, Taking these real massive actions is really important right now because this is what's going to get the results. And we'll figure it out. If the market goes, all right, we'll adapt at that time. But right now, there's no need. All we can do is stack in closing, get buyers in position, and let's let them do their job in closing and, and see if we can get them closed out as fast as possible. That's the only thing we can control right now. Very good. Another question from Paul. With respect to REA Simple for the non-tech software savvy is there are there video tutorials to walk you through how to do the various tasks? Yes, there's a lot of video tutorials and they're super short, very simple. Uh, here's what I tell people all the time when you are technically challenged. All right, number one, uh, stop asking how, start asking who. And if you're technically challenged, you're not good at spreadsheets, you're not good at databases and CRMs, hire a VA who is, all right? So we work with people all over the age spectrum, some young like me, I'm older than 27, 
And then some that are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, right? And uh, we tell them the same thing, and they're having a lot of success because they're focusing on the revenue-generating activities. They're focusing on talking to sellers and making offers because anybody can do that. They are not wasting time learning new technologies and CRMs and stuff. They hire other people to do that. Some of them are hiring their kids. Some of them are their neighbors. But you can hire a really good VA for 250 500 bucks a month full-time that just updates your CRM for you. All you need to do is get a lead sheet. This is not a lead sheet. This is a blank yellow pad of paper. It could be this. And write chicken scratch your notes. Make sure they're legible. Write down your notes on the pad of paper and take a picture of it with your phone and send it to your VA. Have your VA update the CRM. You know, people, students who buy my course get 10 free hours of virtual assistant use, okay? And so how did we train these VAs? We sent the tutorial videos to the VAs and within a couple hours, a VA can be trained on REI Simple. Okay. So you don't need to be the one to know how to use all of this techie stuff. You just need to know how to find a VA and tell the VA, go watch these videos. You learn it. All I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to the sellers. I'm going to make offers. I'm going to send you the stuff and then you do the stuff. In other words, like there's an app called Voxer that we use a lot. There's also WhatsApp. And so what you can do is you can Voxer voice message your VA and say, Hey, we just talked to the seller at one, two, three main street market as a, a three, a cold lead. Send remind me in a month to call them back. Go ahead and send them an offer for $50,000, blah, blah, blah. Boom, bam, you're done. Then call the next lead. Follow up with the next old lead and have your VA put them do the data entry work. You don't want to be doing the $5 an hour activities. You want to be doing the $500 an hour activities, yeah. which is talking to sellers, making offers, following up. Get a VA to do all of that stuff for you. Does that make sense? No, that's good. And the, and one thing as well, when you we talk about VAs or anyone in your team, the idea is, is that you give them, you cannot be micromanaging these people, spending all your time one-to-one teaching them. That's why we have the videos. Watch the video, then you get them back on like Zoom, uh, Skype, whatever you're using and say, okay, now do you understand how to send a letter through REI Simple? Okay, show me. Yeah. And they will then show you, okay, how to do it. And if they can do it, then you know they know how to do and, it. And I take it one step further. I tell the VA to write up the standard operating procedure for it. I tell the VA to put the steps into a Google Doc on how to do it with videos on how to do it. So then the VA n- can do it. And then they re- put that on a, on a do- Google Doc and a video. And you may not know what video tool to use. It doesn't matter. Ask your VA to figure it out. And yeah. then... You now have that document you can share with another VA if that VA quits or if you fire that VA. So make your VAs come up with the SOPs. You need to tell them, all right, I want to go after these three markets. I want to find all of the rentals on Zillow, Craigslist, and Facebook Marketplace. Go figure out how to do that. Watch Joe's videos. All right. And when I tell you to send an offer, use this paperwork put this paperwork into REI Simple and then send this letter that Joe uses to these sellers when I tell you to. You understand? I bought a course one time um, by a real cool guy, smart guy, John Cochran, I think was his name, on bidding on HUDs, HUD properties. And I just gave the whole course to my assistant who was a local realtor. And I said, go through this, learn it and start submitting offers. And guess what? She did. We started doing deals. So you don't think, don't think that you have to do all of that stuff. And if you're sitting on a a bookshelf full of old courses or uh, an online archive of old courses. Think about like, maybe I can have a VA do this for me. All right. Just have the VA set up for you the phone calls. Yeah. Right. And as soon as you understand this and you get it, it's just, it's a game changer. It really is because 
your time that you can spend and, and it's crazy right now you know you might be stuck at home right but you've got four kids and and you've got a homeschool and you don't know how to cope right and you've only got an hour a day well the va can get that an hour a day needs to be on the phone and making offers it can't be sending out text messages right if you've only got one hour so get someone else to do all the prep work for you so yeah, your really. focus is making money you have to be focused on making money in this business for you personally not a five dollar or three dollar an hour job that needs doing just hire someone to do it exactly guys there is a reason why we've been spending the last 10 minutes talking about this yes it's important and maybe justify sometimes this is what i have to do justify paying it what is it to you for a, a va for three hours it's 15 bucks all right that's a starbucks and something else that you would get right starbucks, you, i haven't been to starbucks in so long don't talk about starbucks. okay sorry <laughs> but you know what i mean you, you get it right is that you might have to justify this because you can save some money somewhere to, to put back into the business to justify it that's it. And just, I mean, we, we can just wrap this up and end it right now. Yeah. You, okay. You should be talking. All, all your questions have been answered. Because <laughs> you know what you need to focus on. This business comes down to four things. Three, marketing. You got to do the marketing. If you don't want to do it, and maybe you shouldn't, you probably shouldn't. Because that's $5 an hour activity. Get somebody else or a company or a VA to do all your marketing for you. Number one, marketing. Number two, you got to talk to sellers. Don't rely too much on VAs pre-screening sellers, by the way. You should be doing just they if they are pre-screening like we use with cold calling VAs, just short few questions. If they're semi-interested and they raise their hand and they have some interest in selling their house, that lead should go to you. Yep. So one marketing, two, talk to sellers. Three, make offers. And four, maybe it's included with make offers, but I'm gonna separate it because it's really important. Follow up. Like that's it. That is all you need to be doing. So the other stuff, you know, with managing the leads, sending the offers, the physical mail, updating the CRM, that's stuff that a VA can do. And as you start getting properties under contract, you start selling them, your disposition process, you can hire realtors to do that for you. You can hire VAs to manage the calls and help the realtors. I've done this so many times in my business. I hire somebody local to do the stuff and then I hire VAs to support them. So everybody you need to think about in your in your business, what is their $500 an hour activities, okay? You need to be focused on the highest, best use of your time. Yep. Okay, let's move on. More questions. David, is it possible to, to apply your wholesaling lease option strategy to acquire a place to live without any cash of your own? Yes, I've done that several times. Uh, once. And so you could use a lease option to find your own personal house to live in. We did that about six, seven years ago, seven or eight years ago. I was doing some marketing. This guy called me at a nice house. He wanted to do a lease option on it because he had two payments. He just bought another property. He was stressed about how he's going to make the mortgage payments. I think this was 2011, so nine years ago. I don't remember. Yes, it was 2011. So um, I said, I got good news for you. I had him on the phone. I looked it up on Zillow why we were on the call. I got, I already got a tenant buyer for this house. And he says, yeah, who? And I said, me. But I got to talk to my wife first. Um, it was in a nice suburban area, big four or five bedroom house, walkout basement, about 4,500 square feet on a cul-de-sac, fenced, beautiful, beautiful house. We didn't put anything down. He didn't do a credit check. And we, we gave him the paperwork. We decided we didn't want to buy it later on. So that's fine. We moved out. We helped him find somebody to buy it actually, because I was a licensed agent. I just waived my commissions. Um, so anyway, 
the next time we didn't we we loved the house but we wanted something more private we wanted something closer to this part of town where we are and close to closer to our church we wanted something that backs to woods we wanted at least three acres it was hard and so we found this house but we did on this property because it was so nice and we really really wanted it we put a large option deposit down that was non-refundable if we didn't buy it but we did buy it so anyway you can definitely use lease options to find your own dream house if you want to do that and this might now be a really good time. Start marketing, you know, start going into the areas that you are interested in, start sending text messages, phone calls, and letters to the owners. One of the things we did is we pulled a list of all of the homeowners in these two zip codes we wanted that owned two or more acres that have owned their house over five years, I think it was. And I sent a yellow letter. I hired a company to handwrite about four or 500 yellow letters from my wife. It said, my husband and I are looking for a property that we can lease for a little while and then buy. I think we said six to 12 months that we can lease for a little while and then buy. If you're interested in maybe selling your house, give us a call. And we got a lot of calls from that. We didn't buy anything from that though. And I forget the response rate, but it was I was impressed. I was pleasantly surprised by it. We didn't get any of those houses because all of those homes had really steep slopes. <laughs> Because we're in an area where there's a lot of hills and we didn't want a backyard with a steep slope. So anyway, we found this property through for sale by owner on Zillow. We just texted and called the owner. All right. Paul says, you've had some heavy hitters in the real estate space with you on the podcast the last week. Yes, has been cool. Cool. Rundle says, should be closing on a deal April 3rd with a $2,500 fee using your system. Nice. Is that a lease option deal? Good job, Rundle. Haven also agrees. Says nice. All right. I've lost my... Oh, my brother sent me a text message here, I should tell you. Because we, my my brother, who's amazing, he's the hardest worker I know. I've always said, and he's a harder worker than I am. And he might even be watching here. What's up, Ben? He's got a cool kid, an awesome wife. Anyway, I, we were kind of uh, commiserating. Is that, a, is that the right word? What does that mean, Gavin? You know the English language better than I do. You invented it. Conversing, you mean like talking about yes. something? But yeah. like we were kind of complaining a little bit. At least I was. Okay. Commiserating. Is that So that doesn't mm. mean complaining. Anyway, he texted me back, Joe, I know this guy who wrote a book called um, Brilliant at the Basics at one time. Do you remember that? In fact, I see it right over there on my shelf. And I thought, oh, you know what? I need to dust that off and pull it out, maybe sell it again. Um, because that is what you guys need to think about in this market. I mean, being coming back to the basic things. And if you want to make a lot of money in this business, you just got to be good at the basic, simple things. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. You just got to be good at the basic things. In that book, we talked about the basic things of talking to sellers and making offers and being consistent and talking to five sellers a day, making an offer to every seller, following up with all your old leads once a month. Simple, basic things. Like you look at guys who are doing a lot of deals. They're not super smart. They're not, they're just hardworking doing this basic things. They're yeah. brilliant at the basic things. And that's what it takes to have success in this business. I need to pull that book out again. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question from Katrina. In Michigan, what's up? Have you, is it like springtime there yet in Michigan? We're starting to see flowers, but no leaves on the trees yet. In Michigan, um, it's beautiful up there in the summer. Where do you go to locate struggling Airbnb homeowners whose businesses are being affected as a result of the virus? Good question. And I've been thinking a lot about this. We know somebody, Gavin was telling me the other day, who has 20 or 30 something Airbnbs and is um, losing about Twenty to thirty thousand dollars a month, yeah, and had a bunch of res. Is it okay if I say this? I'm not. Yeah, saying yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. no, that's good. I think it's important. They uh, they had a bunch of reservations in a certain part of the country for a certain sporting event that was canceled and lost over a hundred thousand dollars in refunds 
And like, this is pretty serious. There's a lot of people right now that with Airbnbs that are hemorrhaging cash. And how do you find them? I don't know. <laughs> if somebody knows, let me know because Airbnb doesn't give you the addresses. Maybe homeaway.com does. So I would start looking into Airbnb, HomeAway websites, some of the others. And see if you can find addresses there. And there's reasons why they don't have addresses because they don't want people, you know, to to know. I will add to that story though. What what was you know a massive takeaway for me was how calm he was. Yeah. Right. So he's losing right. twenty seven thousand, and he was like, "It is what it is." But why is he calm? Well, let's analyze that. He'd absolutely killed it for two years straight. He's having a bit of a wobble now, but he's calm because he has enough in reserves to withstand it. Now, obviously it sucks, right? It's not a great, it's not a good thing. But the reason he he was calm and said, we'll be all right, you know, we're good for five, six months, losing 27,000 a month because he has the reserves from what the Airbnbs have been making over the last few years to withstand something like this in the marketplace. And I think, but most people won't do that. They're living... I wouldn't say paycheck to paycheck, but they're spending the money, right? They're either reinvesting or they're spending it, having a good time with it. So then the people that have, like a friend of ours had, is that they would be upside down within one month. 27,000, one month, and then you, you, you go in bankrupt, you're pulling out of leases or whatever the situation is, losing property. So it's, it's crazy. So I think the learning, the, the thing to take away from there is whenever you're doing lease options, owner finance, any of these things, sub twos, is that make sure you're putting your option deposits away for a rainy day, for repairs or, or situations like this. So when it, if it happens, hopefully it doesn't, that you can withstand it. Just be smart. You know, I will tell you this too. If you go to Airbnb and just look up some properties, there's a ton of them in there. You can't zoom in to find the addresses, but what you can do is contact the owner through Airbnb and you could say, hey, listen, I am... Um, I'm interested in your property if you're interested in selling it. I'm looking at some of them right now. There's no addresses, right? Even if you zoom in the map, it doesn't give you a good enough way to find it. But again, there's ways that you can contact the owner. And I'm looking, well, some of them, some of them don't have a way to just contact the owner and ask questions, do they? It just says reserve. Normally you can do a oh, contact host. There it is. Yeah. There's usually buttons to contact host. Now, you got, again, if you're contacting 20, 30 people a day on Airbnb, you know, they might flag you as spam because he has to, you have to send the message through them, but that's one way you can do it. Were, were you going to say something? No, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, you should be able to direct message them uh, what you found it as I was about to say it. Yeah. You know, the other thing too, is you might consider if you're doing Facebook ads, you know, create a Facebook ad campaign. Like, Hey, do you own an Airbnb? You want to sell it? I'll buy it. Give me a call or whatever. You might consider creating an Airbnb campaign. And I don't know if you can do that kind of targeting to find them, but there's other websites too. There's uh, homeaway.com. Check that out. But also, you know, a lot of those Airbnbs, they're absentee owners. So they're already in the public records as absentee owners. So maybe you need to fire up your direct mail postcard campaign again and start sending postcards to absentee owners. Cool. All right. You know what? They're too. No, never mind. How do I? Oh, this is good. Um, I, I get this question a lot. How do I find buyers in a virtual market? Gavin, will you take a stab at this? I have some really yummy egg casserole right here. Go for it. And I didn't have time to eat because I was doing it on a bunch of phone calls. But will you answer this question while I mute myself and eat? Eat. No, yeah. Go for it. Enjoy. <laughs> How do we find um, buyers in a virtual market? Yeah, so there's a few, uh, several ways. It, it's really just like doing it the local, locally, right? It's exactly the same way. Other than you can't physically go to a meetup or your area or anything like that to network. Okay. That's the one thing you can't do, which no one can do right now anyway. 
So the ways that you could do it is firstly, Zillow. So you could go onto Zillow and look at all active rentals on Zillow. Now, what you're going to get with that is property managers, realtors, and homeowners. Still all great because a realtor, you could say that you are you know, call about this property, but you just get to the point why you're calling. Are you working with any cash buyers right now? We have inventory we're trying to move. Do you have any active cash buyers in this market that are messaging you wanting to buy? Very simple, build rapport with a realtor. Well, that's one of the fastest ways you'll ever build your buyers. This is realtors. Secondary is property managers. Same thing. What does a property manager do? They manage properties where they have people. So then properties that they're managing are going to be rental properties, which means they are going to have people panicking because maybe they're vacant and want to sell. So you get both sides of, oh, well, actually, I've got one that I need to sell for a client. Or yeah, I've got a guy who's looking to buy more. He's reached out to me this week. So you're going to find that. So when you find properties, they will be part of your list. So you can make a realtor buyers list, a property manager buyers list, and then obviously direct to the seller, which some of them will be as well. Hey, I see you bought a property in the area. You know, would you be interested in buying any more? So that would be just on the Zillow front. Then we could go, okay, well, let's look at REI Simple, pull a cash buyers list. We could do PropStream and uh, list source and go and pull a list of people that have bought within the, la the last three to six to a year. Uh, pull a list, whether it's LLCs or, or names. You want to skip trace the names because you can't skip trace LLCs. So you skip trace them, you can cold call them. Okay, same thing. Hey, hey, Joe, I see uh, you. Sorry, this is super random to call you. But I see you bought a property a few months ago at 123 Main Street. And I just wanted to know if you're buying any more. Okay, you can go straight to the point and, and start building. Well, what do you do? How did you get my number? You can cover them objections. Okay, and get down to the point of are they looking to buy more? And some people will go absolutely admitty buys this they already know what the, the, the deal is, okay? The ones that have got LLCs, you can do direct mail to them. So you can send letters to them. We have separate ones in the course. If you have the course that you can use and uh, you can send them so they uh, start calling you. You can use the old way, the bandit signs, you know? Now, obviously not many people are gonna be driving around, so that's probably not great for right this minute, but that would be another way that you could do it. Then we have all the social media. So we have Facebook groups. We have bigger pockets. We have LinkedIn, all stuff like that. Meetup.com, using them, going on, finding, using keywords in the search for your area. So let's say you were looking at Savannah, Georgia. You go into these groups that have got 100,000 people in and you just put the keyword Savannah and it's going to bring up all their posts. And people will always say, hey, I've got a deal here. I need a cash buyer. Is there any wholesalers in the group in this area? Then you will pick them up, wholesalers, cash buyers. And then you will start to direct message them. You've also got Facebook marketing place that you could use okay that you could use craigslist is another one it's a it's an old one but it still works we just had a client that got a deal from craigslist so it, it isn't dead right i'm not too active on it you know personally but he sent text messages out and just it's not closed yet but making probably about eighteen thousand on it so it still works right You've got to be in it. But looking for keywords, investor, cash, wholesaler, putting keywords in like that are going to bring them up. You can take notes, call them, text them, or send them an email or do all three. So that's probably going to keep you busy. And I would expect if you hit that today, you should be able to find two, three, four buyers by the end of today, as soon as you have two to three solid buyers. So let's talk real quick about that. What is a solid buyer? For me, how many are they buying? Where are they buying? How quickly can they close? Okay, 
especially again current marketplace that's what i'm looking for if he says i'll buy 10 20 as many as you can give me uh, we have funds we're ready to close as long as title gets pulled we can close that is your a class top buyer that everybody wants and needs okay and then you're going to get the other ones that are going to be honest well you know, i need 30 days but i'll close or i need two weeks okay great so once you have these buyers of three or four you still continue to do that, but you can kind of lay off that a little bit, maybe just do an hour a day on that. Now let's transition into the sales side and hit the sellers like you've never hit them before, right? And I'm talking, again, doubling down. If you're used to doing an hour a day, then do two hours. If you do two, do four. Like really get in there and you're going to soon see real quickly, like I'm seeing, I'm seeing what I'm saying here, that we see motivation, right? And we see this. And, and if you can say, well, look, I, you know, we can probably close. Is it vacant right now? Can we get access? Uh, do you have any pick up to date pictures by chance? Anything to get around without going? Okay. Vacants are huge right now. It's a great list. If you're looking, what list should I pull right now? vacants go to vacants because your buyers still want to go in we have not missed a beat honestly all our vacant properties they're like they're going i'll go i'll go right and people might argue when this is the problem why everyone's getting sick and i'm not going there and i'm not there to, to persuade the buyer not to go or, or not because he's going to do what he's going to do anyway right so but giving him the best chance to go in that property is being vacant so i would hit that as well so I know I went through that pretty quick. That was really good. And I'll add a couple things to that too. Well, I'll emphasize even more the, the partnering with realtors, calling realtors up. Let me just show you one thing here that I think you might appreciate. I'm going to share my screen. All right. Do you see this, Gavin? Yes. I just went to an old area, older area in um, St. Louis <clears throat> that has older homes. And uh, I just looked at homes that sold in the last three months. And I found this one. It looks like an older house, right? And you start going through the pictures, you can tell this house was rehabbed, right? Look at it. You can tell it's from the paint and the trim and the staged. Looks really nice. They sold this thing, right? Uh, they rehabbed it in brand new kitchen, you know. So what you do is you find the realtor that listed it and you need to have access to the MLS. But if you go down, you can see here it was listed by Carolyn Mantia right? That was a listing agent. Well, there's two of them here. I don't understand. Vivian McBride. Uh, this sold uh, two months ago. Okay. Call them up and say that house on uh, 2540 Valley Avenue looks like a real nice house. Your rehabber or whoever rehabbed that house did a really, really good job. I'm just wondering, are they looking for more houses like that? I have some properties. I'm wondering if they are looking for more to rehab like that. So find out, you can. You might be able to go into the county records or, or prop stream to find out who it was that bought it, but I would prefer you to call the realtor because that realtor is also thinking another listing commission, another property that I can give to my rehabber who can fix it up and list it. And so they're going to be more responsive and helpful, give you the person's phone number or whatnot, right? And it helps if you're a realtor too, because like if I called Carolyn, uh, I could find her number from the MLS and I could say, hey, you know, Carolyn, I'm a realtor with, uh, where do I hang my broker's license again with Keller Williams. <laughs> I'm a realtor with Keller Williams and I'm calling about your property there in 2540 Valley Avenue. It looks like a real nice house. Did, did a rehabber fix that up? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's good like realtors because everyone talks about wholetailing, right? You take the property down and you stick it on the, on, on the MLS and it's going to go as fast as, as it ever gone, right? Because there's more eyes on the MLS. So if you think about it, 
That's just through a realtor. So what if you could just go to that realtor without taking it down, that you could still double close or assign by just having that connection with the realtor? So if you're reaching out to them, again, it's very simple. Some will not work with investors and some will. And that's what you're trying to get to the bottom of. Do you work with any investors, any cash buyers looking for deals right now? And some will go, no, I don't. Okay, is anyone else in your office that does? There must be someone in the office. Oh, yeah, David does. Well, what's David's number? I want to talk to him. I think I've got a hot one for him. Yeah, very good. I'll say one more thing to this. Another way to a great way to find buyers is to JV with other wholesalers. If you know another wholesaler in that area who's wholesaling deals and you don't have any buyers yet in that market, say, hey, listen, Jim, um, I got a deal here. Do you want to partner with me on it? If you bring a buyer... We'll just split it 50-50. So you can JV with other wholesalers is a great way to to do that. All right. Now, let me say one more thing to that, finding buyers. You can skip trace non-LLCs really easily. You can do that inside of REI Simple. But you can also skip trace LLCs. And uh, I know in REI Simple, in the next one to two weeks, we'll have the ability to skip trace LLCs real soon here. It's not going to have a high of a success rate as non-LLCs are, but it's going to be decent. You can also go to Upwork or Fiverr and find VAs that have skip tracing services. I can just go to Fiverr, do a search for skip tracing LLC, and you can have services on Fiverr that will do that for you, VAs. And then you can just call them, text them, email them, send them letters and all that good stuff. All right. Question here from Carl. Carl, what has been, says, what has been your experience with rentals by brokers? I shy away since I'm a realtor, but I've been thinking about trying them again. I know Wendy has recommended them in the past, but I've pushed back from realtors. I love realtors. Realtors, especially as the market starts going south like this, they can become your ally. They can become your friend. Realtors can bring you deals. And so when I'm talking to a realtor, I just approach it like I'm an investor looking for deals. I don't get into fancy techie lease option stuff. I'm a realtor looking for deals. And uh, if you ever find a property that needs a lot of work, send it to me. I'll let you represent me and you can get both sides of the commission if you bring me anything. Also, sometimes I buy houses with cash, but you know, if, if there's not enough equity in it, I might be able to buy the property for the price that they need if they're willing to do like a lease purchase or owner financing or something like that, right? And notice when I'm talking to a realtor, I use lease purchase language. That sounds better to them instead of lease option. But yeah. approach the realtor like, listen, I, I, I'm going to bring you, I'm going to help you make more money. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm looking for deals. You can represent me and be my buyer's agent on any deal you bring me, and I'll let you get both sides of the commission. So talk to realtors and property managers in a, in ways that will help them think or know, figure out that they will make more money if they bring you deals and they work with you. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's really, really important. It's a great point. When you're going in, even for the first conversation, you need to be talking about how it's going to benefit them, the money that they can make, what you're going to do for them. Before you go in, what I need, I need, I need, and it's all about you. And and they're thinking, well, what am I going to get out of it? They can't think, what am I going to get? Because you should be telling them what they're going to get out of it. And everyone you know, wants money, right? As realtors, everyone's trying to feed families, do deals. So they'll be like, yeah, this sounds good. It seems like a good opportunity. And uh, you know, how do we get started together? All right, Karen asks, I live in Chicago. Is there a way to do virtual wholesaling or lease options without a broker's license? Good question. And we're not legal advisors, attorneys, and lawyers, and we don't even play an attorney on TV. I don't, so I don't know, but I will tell you this, and this is something that will help everybody no matter what state you're in, because Illinois has some tougher laws with licensing and stuff, right? Why not hire a realtor to market and sell your homes for you? So if you're wholesaling, 
Go ahead and find a private lender, hard money lender, close on the deal, hire a realtor to market and sell the property for you. Put it on a flat fee listing. You know what a flat fee listing is like a discount broker? Do a discount broker listing on it where you pay a broker 500 bucks to put it on the MLS. You might have to pay the other agent who brings a buyer a commission, but just work that into your price. If you're doing a lease option, the last thing you want to be doing is taking calls and showing homes and reviewing applications and posting the properties everywhere to advertise. You need to outsource that. So why not outsource it to a realtor? You're going to pay them one month's rent, maybe half a month's rent once you start getting more deals. But so what? It's well worth the money. So you can focus on talking to more sellers, making more offers, hire realtors to market and advertise your properties for you. Okay. So you don't have to have your realtor's license, but still I recommend getting one. I have mine with Keller Williams. Find an investor friendly broker and your local Keller Williams may not be investor friendly, but find a local investor friendly broker that lets you keep as much of the commissions as possible. Doesn't have huge monthly fees. They don't have any requirements to keep you in an office a certain number of hours a week. Usually there's a lot of not usually there are usually there are always brokers out there that are more investor friendly all right and you can uh, hang your license with them good question here from Celion how do i master lease option a triplex for a seller that wants retail the numbers have to work and pretty much when it comes to multifamilies it almost doesn't matter the price of the multifamily as much as the cash flow and so you need to find out who are the buyers that are looking for triplexes and what kind of cash flow do they want? Do they want $200 a door, $300, $400, $500 a door? What are the cash flow numbers? There's a ton of people still even now in this market looking for multifamilies. Those are usually the hardest deals to find. So when you find a motivated seller, and the seller has got to be motivated, you can yeah. do, give them anything. Give them owner financing, master lease, a lease option, cash offer. Give them an offer. As long as the, the deal cash flows, you'll be able to sell or assign that contract to another investor. REI Simple is the best. Thank you. Hey, guys. Tracy from Kansas. Tracy, how you doing? Yep. Paul Evans, this, free, this FB Facebook Live is freaking <laughs> cold, guys. Thanks. Ruth, good stuff. Sean Young, what's going on, man? Checking in. Can a VA be used to find buyers? Maybe, but I wouldn't have a VA do the talking. You know, you want to have that relationship and talk to the buyers. You can use a VA to do the skip tracing, to send the letters, to send the texts, but you need to be the one that talks to them. Makes sense? For a question from Yumi. What if a tenant buyer stops paying rent because he loses his job, for instance? Do I still have to keep making monthly payments to the seller or can I just pull out? I don't know. It depends on the situation. Uh, there's a lot of discussion going on right now. I'd suggest you go check out uh, Bigger Pockets and uh, a guy named Brandon Turner has a lot of really good YouTube videos on how he's handling the situation. He actually shows you the letter that he's sending to tenants. So number one, you got to be proactive. You got to talk to the tenants, talk to them and say, how's it going? You got to make sure they understand the rent is still due. You, ca you can't pay, you can't afford to pay them to live in your house for free. Does that make sense? So it's stressful. It's hard. You have to be empathetic. You have to make sure you tell them, we're going to work with you. We're going to help you. So you should have reserves, by the way. Every time you put a tenant in your house and they're putting down the security deposit or option deposit money, you should be saving at least half of that. If it's a security deposit, all of it, obviously. But if they're putting down an option deposit on a lease option, they put down 10 grand, you should be saving. A, you should have had already set aside five grand to cover these kinds of things, right? And then you're just going to have to talk to the seller, talk to the tenant buyer, make sure everybody knows what's kind of going on and talk to them and say, this is what we're, a lot of banks are allowing you to, if as long as you call them in advance, 
banks, a lot of banks are allowing you to, they're doing forbearance plans or they're letting you pay or miss a mortgage payment, but you have to communicate with them in advance and work it out in advance. Okay. So maybe the seller or the owner of that property can call the bank and, and push out the loan payments. Okay. So you can even work out a discount with the, you got to get the tenant to pay something, give them a 20% discount, a 50% discount just temporarily, but they've got to pay something. But if you've made a commitment to make the payments on a lease option, you have to do it. My lease option that I give away in my course though, gives you a 60 day out clause. So you can with 60 day advance notice, get out of a lease option with a seller. It's in the contract. Okay. So real quick, I want to talk about, we're going to come, so put, keep putting them questions in because we are going to uh, answer them. I just want to talk real quick about a plan, okay? A marketing plan for you to execute. This is super important. There's so many Facebook lives going on by by everybody. You know, Joe's done a ton with, with some uh, some really cool people this week and, and then people are doing their Facebook lives and podcasts and there's so much information and I think we're getting a load of good stuff, a lot of good information here just like we've been sharing today. Uh, I think it's you have to take this down though and you've got to put it into, into a plan that now you can execute because if you don't, what's going to happen is is that you, you're going to get so overwhelmed with information that you're not going to do anything. And I know probably some of you are nodding your head in agreeing right now. Uh, so take if you're going to build the buyers list, I spoke about 15 things, go and take one or two of them and put that into your plan. So today, two o'clock, Two till three, I'm going to call buyers and I'm going to go to these two resources and this is what I'm going to do. Then what am I going to do after that? Then you will plan your next thing, okay, which could be talking to sellers. Maybe it's pulling a list. Maybe it's going to be, okay, I really need a VA. I can afford one. So I'm going to go to Upwork and I'm going to place my ad. The thing after this call you're going to focus on is you're going to forget about everything else right now and you're going to place that ad on ad on Upwork to hire your VA if that's, again, part of the plan. So start to think about as you're going through these calls, not just ours, but everyone else that you're watching that's giving great information. But you need to start putting that into an action plan for you. Uh, that's one of the biggest things that we're doing in the coaching program right now for people is coming up with that game plan, which is uh, whatever they come in with thinking is going to happen and what really does happen ends up being different. But at least it's a plan and everything that we're doing makes sense. So when you're putting your plan together, make sure it makes sense and you understand why you're calling the buyer or why are we doing that? Because we need to know who is buying, where they're buying, the location, how many, because when we know that from a wholesale standpoint, then we know where we need to market to. So we know that these five buyers are buying in this county or these zip codes. Now, what are we going to do? We're going to go and pull a list for that zip code or them zip codes or that county. We're then going to get the numbers. We're going to pull the list from whatever source we want to use. We're going to skip trace it. We're going to cold call it. So that is the, the game plan. You're very confident then in, in actually executing that. All right. Rather than uh, this is so much information and I'm in the training right now and I'm watching so many videos that are great. But now I'm mixing strategies up. I'm getting overwhelmed and I'm not doing anything. So start limiting your training as well. In terms of your courses, you should only really be doing, in my opinion, probably 30 minutes, an hour a day. And then the rest should be at taking action on what you've just learned. So start going through the first module, whatever you're learning. Stop. Go and put it in action. Get it in position come back and go on to the next module. Maybe that is the next day, okay? But you have to look at the progress that you're making to get to the end of the goal because as we talked about, now is the time, okay? So I just wanted to put that out there because I think it's super important. I'm going to continue 
to uh, answer some of these questions. I've just got to find out. Fastest way to lease option buyer in a remote market. So what do you mean by that? A lease option buyer. So a tenant buyer. It doesn't matter, again, if it's in a virtual market or not. It's going to be the same process as you would normally do. The only thing that would change is probably work with a realtor or someone on the ground that maybe could help you. If you're not licensed, hire a realtor. They can put signs out in the yard uh, in the neighborhood. Right now, is that going to be as effective as normal? No. So if they're not using the Zillow space, if it's a, let's say it's off market, but they want to do a lease option and you can use the Zillow space for sell by owner and for rent, you can do put your lease option or your rent to own is a better way of putting it in onto Zillow to get traction. You can also Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace is, is kind of taking over Craigslist. So I would post it in there as well to find your tenant buyer. Now, remember, you don't own the property. So it's the contract that you're advertising. Don't list the property in there. Just put the general area, rent to own, three, two, something about the house, great school districts, blah, blah, blah. That's going to be your ad. Uh, people then will, you can do a call-in number, which can go to a voicemail. You can say, text this number at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and we'll get back in touch with you. So you can do different things there, but they would be the fastest ways is Zillow, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, bandit signs in, in the yard or sign in the yard and in the neighborhood. And then Facebook ads running, running paid ads to Facebook would be a one that you could do. Obviously, you need to learn how to do that if you don't already know, okay? Can buyers, uh, cash buyers uh, looking for deals, not paying retail lease option prices from who I have talked to. Yeah, cash buyers and, and lease option. So tenant buyers and cash buyers are two different people. A cash buyer is going to be your buy and hold and your uh, fix and flip people. So your buy and hold and your fix and flip is going to be your, your cash deal people. Your tenant buyers are people that are looking to rent property that have the option to buy because they don't have the credit right now. Maybe they are a small business owner and they expense as much as they can. So their income looks lower than what it really is and they can't get a mortgage. Maybe they had a bankruptcy five years ago and they need another year before they can buy. There's multiple situations to, to, to why someone can't buy a property right now. And that's where your screening of the tenant buyer comes in. So making sure that, oh yeah, we just went bankrupt uh, last month and I want to do this. Well, yeah, that, they can't qualify probably within two years, right? You, you will work with a mortgage broker that will kind of have like a roadmap built out for the tenant buyer to say, right, uh, we before we place this tenant, we need to make sure that if they take care of this and they pay their car off and they do this and this within a year or two years or whatever is on that plan or agreement that they can uh, buy this property property if they follow this roadmap. So two different things. So yes, your cash buyers are not going to want your lease options in terms of your assignment lease options. Absolutely not. There is the sandwich lease option though, which if you have equity, 15% equity in what it's worth right now. Now we're in a kind of a crazy position right now. If I was going to do a sandwich lease option and came, came about it right now, I would probably want more equity personally than 15%. I'd probably be shooting for 25% uh, equity, uh, a minimum, right? Making sure I'm cash flowing. Now, once I have that locked in and I have a tenant buyer, if I didn't want to stay in the middle, I could then sell them agreements to another cash buyer, to a buy and hold guy, and he will run it and, and do it himself. And, and that's kind of what we call like a double dip strategy, which again, I, I don't want to get complicated here, but um, you can sell your lease options to other buyers that want to hold on to them. Okay, your sandwich lease options 
because it's there's a cash flow and there is equity. Okay, so hopefully that was from Tim. So hopefully that answers your question. Okay, looking rich, looking to put softer copy into the initial text for sale by owners in the current market. Any ideas? Yeah, so Joe talked a lot earlier about, he talked a lot about text messaging, okay? Text messaging is is great, but we need to also look at what is text messaging, right? Why are we doing it? We're doing a text message to engage with someone, right? And your next move should be to get them on the phone. The, the problem can be with texting is that you can get lazy. And this goes for all of us, right? Me as well. It, it's easier, right? Just to text back and forth 20 times because... Well, the text in, let's just text. The problem is with the text message is that it all depends on how you read the message and interpretate that message to how you understand it. So, for instance, what I'm saying is I could say something in a jokey way to you. Or let's say, Rich, I could text you a bit of a joke, but you could take it completely the wrong way because it's on text message. So how you're looking at that message and answering that message, okay, is how you're reading it. And that can be a problem. So what we do in our business is it's normally two to three text messages max before we get them on the phone, okay? So let's talk about that. So if it's for sale by owner, if you're going to send a message like Joe said earlier, it could be, um, hey, I came across your property on Zillow. Is it still available at 123 Main Street? Question mark. Yes, it is. Okay, uh, are, you the, are you the owner of the property or am I talking with a realtor? question mark. No, I'm the owner. Okay. And then you could go, okay, would you be interested at all in renting it for a year or two and then selling? That wouldn't work, would it? So that could be a qualifying question. Okay. Uh, as kind of the three step, you could then go, okay, well, I have too many leads. That's taking me too much time. So maybe I want to lead in and saying, Hey, I see your property at 123 Main Street. Would you be interested in renting it at all to me and then have me having the option to buy something like that. So you can go a bit more direct because of the amount of leads that you're trying to get through. But if he comes back and says anything but no, it's now phone. You have to pick up the phone and get them on the phone at that point. No more messages. No. If they say, maybe, how would that work? Possibly. Can you tell me more about it? Anything but no, then that would be then time to pick up that phone then and there. And what I would do is don't ask permission to call. Okay. Just call. So they engage, you pick up the phone, you call. Great. If they answer, you would then lead in and say, Hey, sorry, I didn't grab your name. It's Gavin. We're just texting about your property. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? And then you would lead in. It's quite, quite crazy right now, Mr. Seller, you know, what's going on in the world. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to reach out. I'm, I'm still looking at, you know, buying properties. I'm an investor. Uh, or renting them and uh, you know what's going on with you right now just ask show an interest uh, in that person okay but the key is engage when the message comes back call don't ask for permission if they don't answer then follow up with a text hey sorry i just thought i'd give you a quick call to talk about it you probably couldn't answer when's a good time you could talk question mark so remember engage call if they don't answer follow up with a text message if they do answer then great but don't screen them out too much, okay? You can also say, if you want, is is your price negotiable? So to soften the uh, rich, which if you're looking at doing lease options here, then, okay, it's not qualifying it for a rental at all, but you could say, is is your price negotiable? So if it is, uh, and they say, well, yeah, a little bit, okay, call, 
let's talk about that. So, well, and then if they say, well, look, I owe, you know, I've got it for 200. I can't go any more than 190. Find out why, 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 why. Build the rapport. Why can't he? Because I owe 189 or whatever. I owe 170 every time I paid this and this, like there's no room in it. And then you will transition. Well, look, look, Rich, you know, this is only going to really work for me if you'd be interested in renting it for a year or two first and then selling it. You know, would that work? But now you're engaging. Okay. So the fact that he is negotiable still might mean that there is some motivation because some people just go, no, non-negotiable. And then you know that, okay, let's not mess with him right now and let's focus somewhere else. Sorry, that was uh, a little longer. Let me see where I was. Hopefully that helps, Rich. I think I missed someone's some questions out. Uh, wholesale is on multifamily. We answered that. Okay. Someone's asking again, I think we already answered this, and Joe may have already answered about the Illinois. So in Illinois, as far as I, and I'm not an attorney, as Joe already said, this might be a secondary question that we already answered. Uh, we are not, uh, we're not attorneys, okay? Uh, but as far as my knowledge goes, is that now you need to be licensed to do wholesale or any other deal, uh, real estate-wise, in Illinois, okay? So there's two things that you need to do. If you're in that market, you need to get licensed, or partner with someone or have someone on your team that is licensed. That is going to be the best way to get around it. If you are going after, which is the second part of this question, if you are going after listings with realtors, the only way that they really work in any market is if you're going to stay in the middle of the deal. So you're approaching it as a sandwich lease option only or a cash offer. They're the only ones. And you also probably need to uh, be prepared to take the deal down uh, before you even find the tenant buyer. Unless you structure it and say, hey, I need to find a tenant buyer, but I'm going to be staying in the middle of the paperwork's going to be with me. And then they'll say, okay, that's fine. Otherwise, if you know it's a great deal, you can sign that, get it under a, a lease option, and then start looking for your tenant buyer. You only want to do that, though, if you're experienced and you know that it's a, it's a no-brainer. Okay. Um, how does a realtor get paid doing a lease option? Josie. Okay, so it just depends, really. Is this a realtor that's got it as a listing? Uh, is it a sell-by owner? Is it a rental? So there's different things. If it's up for rent, then you could pay them a month's rent. So you could give them half a month's rent or a month's rent if you place it. So if they don't rent it themselves and they're going to work with you or the seller is, seller is, then you could give the realtor a month's rent out of your fee or whatever you you could negotiate. If it's listed with a realtor, again, it becomes a little bit more complicated. You can do it. I would, if I could get, I have to be careful how I say this. I'm not licensed, so I can go direct to the seller and not feel I'm not I'm not a realtor, so I could do that. Now, if you are a realtor and it's listed with a realtor, you don't want to be doing that. Even when we go direct to seller and there is a realtor involved, we will say, I would personally find out how long has the listing got left. If that is, let's say, two weeks before they lose the listing because it hasn't sold, then I will say, to, hey, Mr. Okay, well, I'm interested in potentially working with you. Let's do a call if it doesn't sell. Get hold of me when the listing falls out and I won't even go there. Let's say, though, that it isn't and he's pretty motivated and he wants to do this, but there's a realtor involved and I'm talking with the seller. I will tell them that I want the seller to take care of the realtor so that you've hired the realtor, Mr. Seller, you know, whatever deal you can come up with them, then you need to you know, pay them and, and figure it out. That would be my number one to go to. If I couldn't do that and then the realtor had to get involved, then it's a negotiation. 
well, look, we can give you a month's rent up front. And then if you want to stay on this on the back end, you could get your 3% on the back end in two years. Uh, you know, if and when the tenant buyer buys it, if it's an assignment, okay, and uh, and you could structure it like that. So try and get them a little bit up front, and that's coming out of your option money, and that's probably going to be better to get the deal done. Sometimes they'll want to wait for money on the back end, but give them something so they can be on. If it hasn't, if it's if it, if they can't move it, then they want something out of it, right? But every realtor is going to be different, so that's kind of how I would handle it, though. Okay, Nick, uh, online deals. Don't you have to have a little concern about the layout of the land? I worry because I remember the development in Kentucky selling lots. Okay, so the desert land makes sense. So this is back to, I guess, Joe's land comment. Um, there's two types of land deals, right? There's the in a neighborhood land, like the parcel that has this could, could build a house. So are we talking about that land or are we talking about the land of in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, and it's got 10 acres and you're going to buy it because the, the seller wants to go and do four wheeling. So it, it depends on what type of land. So to answer your question, Nick, the risk becomes if you buy the property or buy the land, right? So if you're going to personally take the land down and purchase the land, then yes, you have. Do I have a concern with that? Maybe. Uh, do I have a concern if you buy it at the right price? No. So it all depends on your buy price if you're personally buying it. Now, remember, the lease option and the wholesale deal, you'll have in end buyers for it. So what you could do is you could put it under contract and then you're going to go and find a land buyer that's going to buy it from. And then you have zero risk because you can't, you're not going to close on it until you know that you can move the deal. And it all comes down to price again. So how do you price land? Well, find out what if it's in a neighborhood, find out who, who is buying land, talk to your developers that are doing new builds. Do they want to buy the land to put a new house on it? And if they are building themselves, then you haven't got anything to worry about because they want the land. So you will wholesale that land to them. It's just the same as in the middle of nowhere. Now, the difference what Joe does in the middle of nowhere when he does it in California and Colorado is that he's actually, sometimes they will buy the land. So they will actually close on it, turn around and sell in it. But he's buying it so cheap, like 10 cents on the dollar, that he can't lose. So in this kind of craziness right now, that's why finding the buyers is important. But if you're personally, okay, going to buy this property, then you need to make sure of the numbers. Like if it's tight, absolutely do not do it. What did we just talk about with the lease option? Yeah, normally 15% equity. Right now, I want 25%. So I'm not doing it because we don't know. I need a bit more cushion to withstand if the market goes, which it hasn't gone as yet. Hopefully that answers your question, Nick. Okay. Okay, Gavin. Thank, thanks, Joe and Gavin. Networking with the realtors is a great idea to move properties. Yes. Most effective ways to scrub emails. I'm not sure. What do you mean by that? The ones that scrubbing them in terms of the ones that are going to get delivered? I don't know. I wouldn't spend too much time on that. I'd just be sending emails and then the ones that obviously don't, don't send. It depends on where they're coming from and, and what you mean. I need a bit more information on that. Randy, how are you? Okay. So yes. So Randy Simpson is one of our clients. Randy, how are you doing? He's saying here that he is a licensed uh, realtor in uh, and he's he works with investors great guy so he is saying that if you're in chicago and you need any help he is willing to work with you so do this if you're in send me a message 
send me a direct message, okay, in Facebook. And if you're not on the podcast, uh, go to uh, send a message to support reinetwork.com and say, hey, Randy mentioned on a, on a call that he'd be looking and willing to work with people because he's licensed. Then I will send your information on to Randy. Let's do that. Yes, Joyce, it is being recorded. We are recording this, or Joe should be. I think, yeah, he will be because he's doing it as a podcast. Yes, we are recording. Okay, Nick Johnson. I'm getting a good response with yellow letters, two for sale by owners, but no deals yet. I just keep trying and one will come from follow-up in a week or two. Tons of great information in the program and support is excellent. Very much worth the investment. Nick, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and keep going, right? Because you've got to think, we send the letter, it's got to hit, the calls are going to come in. Are you going to close on the first phone call? No, probably not. But you're going to set it up so you will close, okay, through follow-up. So it's all about positioning. I could talk an hour on positioning, but it's so important. When it comes to sales, people aren't salespeople. I understand that. But if you learn how to position things, then it's going to make it look better for you, okay? So positioning would be, for instance, making your offers look better. So if you're going to make an offer and you really want to do a sandwich lease option, pairing it up with the right offer, which would be the cash offer. Okay, because the cash offer is lower. You can eliminate it on the phone. Like, hey, Mr. Seller. So let's say it's Nick. Hey, Nick, how you doing? No, that's great. Thanks for all the information. I appreciate you calling me. Uh, I'm going to look over it and uh, I'll give you a call and, and make you an offer. And uh, we'll talk about it, about it again. That's how I would end the conversation. I would also say, are you available tomorrow at two o'clock? We can revisit. Let's say it's more of a cold lead and he's like, well, I just want to sell, not really interested. And I say, well, look, Nick, do you mind if I make you an offer? 90% of the time, they'll say, yeah, because I'll position it like, look, I'm sure it's going to sell. It seems like a great house, but it's worth me just making an offer, right? You never know. And they'll go, yeah, just make me an offer. So I'll get the email address. Now I'm going to make that offer. I will also say, look, you know, I, I really want to do this like we've talked about. I want to rent it for a year or two with the option to buy. I'm going to run them numbers. I'm also going to put a cash offer on there. I know you're not going to accept that. Uh, so you can just ignore it. So the way that I've positioned that is that I'm only going to make two offers, which is the cash and the sandwich lease option. The reason I've made the cash offer is because it is going to position my sandwich lease option much better, right? Because if I'm making a sandwich lease option at 400, so let's say 143,000 and my cash offer is 110, then it looks a lot better, right? So even though I've said you're not going to do it, I'm just going to put it on there, just ignore it. It's just so he looks at it and go, oh, that's what they give me cash. This actually looks like a way better deal right now. So it helps you position that and uh, in terms of, of doing that. Now we can go one further. Let's say now you follow back up and they say, look, Gavin, I, I can't take anything less than 200000 what it's listed for. Or let's say they say one nineteen, it's listed for 200000 That is now my option to why is my sandwich lease option getting turned down? This is really, really important. Understanding why my offer is being turned down. So if it's by the price, everything else looks great. It's just the price. I'm willing to do a three-year term or, or whatever. I'm willing to give you you know, X amount in rent and, and maybe, okay, it's the rent and the price. So look, I need at least 190 from 200 and I need, you know, uh, you offered me 1200 in rent. I need 1500. Okay. So what happens now is that this is now a perfect transition for an assignment lease option because the only two things that have come back so far is the price, which you can give them the price. Okay. You can give them the price that they want. And then the, the rental price, 
Everything else is fine. It's just like, look, I like it, but I just can't do that. So this is now going to transition into that assignment by saying, okay, so 190, you can't do anything. I understand you can't do anything less than that. And, you know, 1500 a month. Okay. Yeah. So that's, it's just not going to work for me. But look, maybe, maybe I could do, I must, I don't know if I can do this, but let's say, you know, if I could get you that 190, okay. I'm not saying I can, but I might. If I could get you that 190 and still keep it as, you know, two years and get you 1500 a month, what would you want to do then? And then he said, well, yeah, I'd, I'd probably I'd probably do it, okay? Which is now a, an assignment lease option, okay? You've just transitioned by positioning into an assignment lease option without talking about assignment lease option or what are you doing and how it's going to work, yeah? We don't even need to go into them details, all we need to know is, is he willing to do it at that price? And I'm saying I might be able to help you out with that. But now this is how we're going to do it, right? And you will transition then into doing that. Does that make sense? Hopefully that helps, guys. Joe, how are you? You're back. Welcome back. Thanks. It took a lot longer, didn't it? <laughs> no, you're good. But I knew you could handle it, man. I knew you yeah. were good. So I was just telling him real quick, we had a question on... Uh, which I got on a sidetrack, but it was it was useful about sandwich lease options right now. Um, basically, the it, we normally say fifteen percent. I would at least do twenty five percent in the current market, and also the positioning then of how easy the transition is into an assignment lease option. If you learn how to position, if you can get the lease option turned down for the price and the rental price, and then you say, okay, Mister Seller, if we can give you that price, all right. And, and they're willing to do that, then you have the assignment lease option. I say time and time again, the easiest contract in real estate is the assignment lease option to get signed. If you because position- it's not exclusive, the yeah. seller can cancel it if you don't lease option it first, if they rent it first. And you can give the seller any price they want as long as you're willing to wait for it. And they yeah. get to approve the final tenant buyer because they sign the final assignment paperwork. It's a, it is a no-brainer. They're the easiest deals to do. They're the deals that I quit my job with one year into the last recession mm-hmm. when we weren't even at the bottom. Things were falling. People were freaking out. They are the easiest deals to do. So yeah, the, the great thing about what you're saying, Gavin, is when you're offering a sandwich lease option, it's positioning it. It makes this wholesaling lease option look better. And right now in this time of uncertainty, at least for the next few months, I would we encourage people to focus on the quick nickel rather than the slow dying. You want to be in and out of the deals. I'd be very, very cautious about committing long-term to a deal right now, unless you got really good cash flow and you got some good equity position in there. The good thing about the way we make our sandwich lease option offers is we 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 were only targeting median priced homes that are always going to be in demand. They're nice homes and yeah. we're always getting at least 25% of the rent for cash flow. Maybe you want to be getting 30, 35%. We're always getting 15% for equity. Maybe you need to be start looking at 20, 25% equity. Yeah. Um, so that's super important. And the other good thing with sandwich lease options is we're getting time. We're giving the sellers five years. So that's another thing you think about if you're concerned about where the market's going and if you've got good cash flow, maybe instead of five years, you should start offering seven or 10. Yep. Don't be afraid to ask for those longer terms. Sellers, if they're motivated, they do not care, right? Yep. Awesome. We're we're at, uh, Eric question with Eric Bell, uh, 11.59. It might be, that's my time. So 10.59 yours would be the stamp that's time. That's where we are at the questions? Yeah. Okay. Did we, you? Um, we haven't answered Eric yet. Ah, He's next. That's a good question here. Eric Bell, how does a closing work in a sandwich lease option? Real good question. And the answer is it depends. It depends on the tenant. Uh, that's, I'm sorry. It depends on the title company and the mortgage broker. 
Okay, so when you first enter into a sandwich lease option deal, you need to find a good local investor-friendly title company and ask them, this is what we have. What do you recommend we do? Okay, I have a contract to buy it for this. I'm selling it for this. I'm staying in the middle, I'm leasing it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Explain all the details because there's three or four or five different ways that your title company can do it. And again, you want to be working with title companies that already are working with wholesalers and doing double closings and assignments and things like that, okay? Because you'll need to probably do a double closing. But so there's different ways. Number one, you could do a double closing. You just close on it with your buyer's funds. You close on the A to B with the seller. You turn around and sell it the B to C to your end buyer, okay? You could also, if you're making a $30,000 profit, you could record a $30,000 lien on the property or some kind of instrument document against the property as a lien so that you get paid on the HUD as a satisfaction of lien. You could also, because you've had your option recorded in the county, you could be paid on the HUD as a what's called a revocation of option, removing the option from the paperwork. I've had title companies say, just give us an invoice for whatever your profit is and you'll get paid on the invoice. Just like anybody else who has a judgment or a lien on a property, you get paid at closing. Okay, It could be you need to take it over subject to for three months for 90 days because of the seasoning issues with FHA loans. So if your mortgage broker is getting an FHA loan for your tenant buyer, you may need to take it over subject to take title to the property for 90 days. So there's different ways to do this. Sometimes people get frustrated with me that I don't give them a clear, a more clear answer, but that's the truth. You need to talk to a, a title company that will help you do it and then ask them how should we do this? Because it'll be different for different title companies, different states, different counties, things like that. Hope that makes sense. Yes. Jay, is there a service to virtually make a quick claim deed with most courthouses being closed? If the county court, if the county, uh, it's not the courthouse typically that files those. It's the county recorder's office that files them. Maybe they file in the courts. I don't know. But they're all closed right now. You're just going to have to wait. And you're just going to have to wait. And I, what I would do is I would call to your local title companies and ask them. A lot of times, actually, I just remembered this. A lot of courthouses or county records, whatever, they're digitized, right? So you can file these things online. Just ask your local title company if they can help you do that. Gavin is a genius. Darn genius. <laughs> Michael is saying, check out Rocket Lawyer. Yeah, so there's a um, couple of websites I recommend you check out if you want, if you're looking for contracts. Rocket Lawyer is one of them. And another one I talk about in my webinar. Just Google it and you'll, if you just Google Rocket Lawyer, you'll probably find competitors advertising on there. And I forget the one of them, but you can buy contracts there. If you're also looking for contracts, I recommend sometimes the best thing to do is just find a local realtor who can give you their contracts and you can use their contracts. Tana, Joe, you recently sent out an email that mentioned RealQuest for realtors and using it through the back door to your advantage. I've never heard of RealQuest. Can you talk about that, please? So in, in the back office of most people's MLSs, you might have it, it might be called something different. It might be called Realist. Real list it might be called something else, but usually in the back office of most MLSs, you have access to data from the county records through one of the companies owned by CoreLogic or another one is First American Title, I think, or something like that. So usually like ours, you can download, I think, up to 3,000 records a month or 5,000 records a month from that. It's not super robust, but there is you can go in and download absentee owners that bought over certain years ago in certain areas. Um, so you just have to look into kind of what is in your back office of your MLS and ask somebody who knows. Yumi, can I look for properties for sandwich lease options through wholesalers? I have a few wholesalers who email me the leads on a daily basis. Yes. This is really important. You should be networking with other wholesalers in your market and say, 
hey, what are you doing with all these leads that you throw away that don't have enough equity in them? Maybe I could do a lease option on them and we can split the deal. It doesn't have to be 50-50. could be 70-30, 60-40. But find other wholesalers that are actively doing marketing that are throwing their leads away and you can become their lease option guy and they refer those leads to you. Gavin had a really good idea. He was talking about this the other day. This is a great way to start if you have no money. And if you want to buy my course, for example, you could find another wholesaler that has a ton of leads. If you're young and hungry, even if you're old and hungry, and you want to start learning lease options, why not approach this other investors that have a bunch of these leads and say, listen, you're not doing anything with these leads. I can turn them and do lease options on them. And I will. you just pay me a little bit of money and buy this course for me. I'll learn how to do lease options and work your old leads for you. If somebody came to me yeah. as a wholesaler and said, I'll work all those old leads for you. I'll do lease options on them. You help me buy this course. All day long, I'd give them, I'd give them that course if they were good and, and willing to work hard for it. Do you want to add to that, Gavin? You know that you're going to get 20,000 people asking you now <laughs> for the course for free. But I own the course. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, but it's, it's so true. Creating opportunity is huge. You know, we did a great podcast a few days ago on this. Literally, if you think outside the box, you can create opportunity. Uh, any opportunity that makes sense for both parties and as joe said if you're if you go to someone that is doing a lot of cold calling direct mail has tons of leads and their main business is going to be wholesale which most is and they're not doing any creative finance and you can say well i'll be the guy uh, i just need to learn on it i'm not you know i'm, I'm not i don't know it yet uh, but i can get a course if it's why you can't buy your course because of the cost even though it, for, the, for the value, and again, I'm not here to, to pitch it, there's tons of value for the price for, for your returns. It's huge. But if you can't afford it, then go and find someone who's going to go and partner with you where they'll pay. You do the work in return, split the profits. It's just, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Do I do want to put a plug in here real quick. I meant to do this at the beginning and I forgot. If you're interested in working with me and Gavin uh, closely, where we set up your systems, do your marketing for you, get you going. If you want, you can go spend a day with Gavin in Savannah, Georgia, or we can do this virtually online. We'll set up your systems, get you the cold. We love cold calling right now. We're doing a lot of that. We have a bunch of VAs already trained. So we can do the cold calling, set up the list, set up the systems, the CRMs, give you a VA, give you the list, start calling while you're in Savannah, Georgia, and um, start coaching you through some deals, wholesaling and lease options. Um, if you're interested in that and working with us, one-on-one, go to reinetwork.com slash coaching, reinetwork.com slash coaching, and check that out, okay? I want to go back to our questions here. What are the problems if we sent an offer to the seller prior to talking to the seller? You always want to talk to the sellers first, and you just want to find out, you know, are they motivated, number one? Maybe they owe more than the house is worth, so maybe you shouldn't be sending them a uh, sandwich lease option or a cash offer. Or So you always talk to the sellers first. It's just it's going to make your life a whole lot easier and you'll do more deals. Yeah. Do we need an LLC to operate in other states for lease options? Also, what complications do you come into when trying to use lease options on foreclosures? You, you're de eventually going to need an LLC. You know, I wouldn't say you have to have an LLC before you start making offers, but you're going to need one eventually. And doing lease options on foreclosures, I don't typically recommend that unless there's a ton of equity and really good cash flow because you're going to have to get the mortgage caught up. And how are you going to do that? With what money are you going to do that? You may have the money. You may get enough money from the tenant buyer to do that, but um, you just got to look at if the numbers work or not. Typically, if it's a pre-foreclosure, I'd rather see you take ownership of the property, like doing a subject two on it. And that's a little more advanced. I do have a lesson in my course about that. Uh, Steve, can you please briefly go over the role of the mortgage broker for a lease option, how to pick a broker, how to pay the broker, et cetera? Steve um, 
So uh, brokers, first thing I do is I go around and I ask realtors and investors, everybody that I know in the area, do you know any good brokers, mortgage brokers that work with people with challenged credit? You want to find a mortgage broker that works with people that have challenged credit that can work, you know, offer credit repair or help with credit repair for your tenant buyers. And I have a section in the course that gives a whole long list of questions to ask your mortgage broker. Typically, it's going to be a young mortgage broker new to the business, you know, a couple of years they're hungry. They're willing to work hard. They're willing to work with people with challenged credit. They have accesses. They have access to resources. Don't believe the lie when a mortgage broker tells you they have access to all the same loans as everybody else does. That's just not true because I've seen this over and over again in my own business. One mortgage broker says, you can't do that. And another mortgage broker says, oh yeah, I can do that for you. And so there, you got to make sure you're working with a good mortgage broker that's that understands credit repairs, willing to work with people that have challenged credit and is aware and knows of the programs that can help people with challenged credit. Does that make sense? Yep. Thank you, Randy and Gavin. Thanks, Gavin. So that was just real quick. She, you're off. Randy's one of our clients. Again, guys, so Randy is in Illinois, Chicago area, and he is willing. He's licensed, so he is willing to partner with people. So put it in the in the Facebook group or message, email support at rinetwork.com, and I will connect you. Excellent. Best way to do deals in an IRA. Checkbook IRA, fourth payday, save on taxes. So good question. You can definitely do our uh, lease options and wholesaling inside of a self-directed IRA. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, the companies that I've recommended in the past, some of them aren't around anymore. Some of the other ones I've recommended, they're like, I've talked to five other people that complain about them. So I don't recommend self-directed IRA companies anymore, but there are a lot of them out there. So just Google it. Go to Google, do a search for self-directed IRA and you'll find them. And they'll tell you how to do lease options and deals inside of your R uh, IRA. Joe, will this be posted in YouTube? Yes. So I, for some reason, it wasn't broadcast to YouTube. I'm disappointed. But I've they've been warning us, like, all of this streaming that's going on now with schools and even churches and stuff, it's really hard to stream things on YouTube and Facebook anymore. So I'm pleased that this is working on Facebook, said all that. Uh, we will be downloading it and then uploading it to YouTube and we'll be putting this in as a podcast as well. Nick is saying, yes, the lowball cash offer makes your lease option offer look attractive. Yes. That's true. Where did my, okay, here we go. Give them their price, but stretch it out a couple more years. Very good. Thank you, Nick. Glad to be back. Okay, good question here from Nick. I've ran across a listing that has square foot differences between Zillow and PropStream. It seems to be finished, partial or full basement. How do you account for that? That's a great question. And sometimes you just don't know until you look at the pictures and you talk to the owner or you talk to the realtor. But that is common, believe it or not. Like always going to be differences between Zillow and PropStream. Z PropStream takes what's in the county records. Zillow allows you to kind of override what's in the property county records. Yeah, Michael, check out Rocket Lawyer for quick claim deeds. I think I already... I already showed that. What is the DNC litigation for calling lists for private sellers obtained from a list broker? Should the phone numbers be scrubbed? All right. So in FreedomSoft, when you skip trace, you can you can remove numbers that are from what's called known litigators. And that means those are phone numbers that have been involved with litigation or lawsuits in the past for um, texting and calling and telemarketing and stuff like that. So you can do that inside of REI Simple. You can also do it inside of the other big bulk skip tracing companies and services that we use. Okay, here's a really long question. And see, we like disappear when we... Hello, <laughs> anybody out there? So uh, I'm not going to show this one. I'm going to try to talk about it. By the way, um, we only got about 10, 15 more minutes. But when you type in your questions, please just do one question <laughs> in the comment at a time. In the case of old listings, when a seller has signed an agreement with a realtor to list and market the property, legally, is the seller permitted 
to sign a lease option contract with us. Um, I don't know. The seller has to work that out with their agent. So if a property is listed and I'm talking to a seller because maybe they advertise the property or I sent them some a letter or something like that, I'm going to make an offer to the seller. They have to work it out with their agent. I'm not telling them to cancel the listing agreement, but uh, they're going to have to uh, work it out with their agent. And then, yeah, again, I don't ever tell them to cancel the listing or try to get out of it. How do I find the biggest property management companies in the states I do business in? Google, ask around. What do we do if tenant if a tenant buyer refused to do an appraisal or inspection? So in my contract, that's required in there and they have to initial whether they're going to do it or not or waive their rights to do it. And so if it does become a problem later, it's not your problem because in the contract, it says they have to do it. Are we still offering the cold calling course? Are we, Gavin? Yeah, it's still, yeah. It's still right. cold calling uh, 101? Yeah. Um, rinetwork.com slash cold calling, let's believe. Cold, it's not cold calling 101. No. It's com slash cold calling. Yes. Okay. reinetwork.com slash cold calling. We do have a really good cold calling course that yeah. you should check out. It's still live. Hey, let's do. Uh, how about this? Check this out. Ooh, I got it. Oh, yeah, look at that. There we go. <laughs> REINetwork.com slash cold calling if you're interested in our cold calling course. We just released it a few months ago or something. Yeah, four weeks, three, four yeah. weeks. Okay. You just need to add breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> okay, long question from Michael here. I have a sandwich lease option deal that I've been working. It's been fine for the last two years on a three-year contract. The last time I talked to the tenant, he said he was trying to get enough cash together to buy the property for cash. And if he didn't buy it, I was going to because I've been getting the buy down on a 15-year loan. Super smart. So what he's saying is we've been paying it down for 15 years. There's a lot of equity. If the tenant buyer doesn't buy it, I'm going to buy it. Awesome. But then Michael says here, now I suspect that he will not buy the property. And I can imagine that he probably will start to default on the rent due to everything being shut down. Um, well, first of all, I'll say, don't just assume that people are going to stop paying the rent. Um, there are a lot of people that are going to be paying the rent. One, one of my tenants is a truck driver and he's super busy. And a lot of people are trying to hire new truck drivers. I don't, wouldn't be surprised if you got a raise. Um, so don't suspect that they will stop paying, but you need to find out, call them and talk to them and ask them. Yeah. And so definitely, if you've got a lot of equity in that thing, start earlier rather than later in trying to buy it. Um, how much time do you have left with the seller? So I would I would start right away. What is the cost of the course or the coaching program where I work with you both personally? Steve, let's talk about it on the phone. It's not cheap, okay? It just sometimes depends on what you need done. How much help do you need? Maybe the coaching isn't a good fit for you. Maybe my course or some other thing might be a good fit for you. So if you go to reinetwork.com slash coaching, reinetwork.com slash coaching. Just fill out the application. It's free. We'll get on the phone and see if we're a good fit. But if you're broke, it's not going to be a good fit for you. But And sometimes we do payment plans and stuff like that. So it just depends. Amy, single mom, homeschooling. God bless you. That's not hard. I mean, that's not easy. How much phone time a day is needed to work with you and do deals properly? Well, first of all, it's not easy being on the phone when you're homeschooling single mom, kids in the house all day. So you got to think about that. One of the things I might recommend is find a wholesaler in your local market that you can partner with and you can do the marketing and pre-screen leads, maybe hire a VA to pre-screen your leads, do some cold calling and then give the pre-screen motivated seller leads to another wholesaler that is actively doing deals in your market or markets. 
and then split the deals with them. So that's something yeah. I might consider. Also, I, I tell the story in my webinars all the time. I had a student one time, one of my first coaching students, who was a stay-at-home mom. Husband was working, but she was taking care of three kids at one time in the house. They weren't old enough to go to school yet, and they were always loud and, and loud. So she would do deals just by text and just by email. She spent a lot of time texting and emailing, but she was able to do a couple, three deals a month without ever even talking to sellers just by text and by email. And she would tell them, I'm sorry, my kids are screaming and playing right now and I can't talk, you know? And then she would hire local realtors in those other markets. Every week she would randomly select a new city in Craigslist, just like throwing a dart at a map and start marketing in that city. All right, so just about five more minutes. Somebody's asking about a property trust. Yeah, if you want to use trusts, but I, I'm not the expert in trust. So I can't answer that question. Is the contract for a wholesaling lease option for a multifamily the same as a single family? Maybe. Yeah. I don't see why not. Uh, sometimes though, when it comes to multifamilies, just simplify it. Just use a regular option agreement. Just use a regular option. Unless you want to stay in the middle and you want the cash flow, the problem is going to be you can't pass on the responsibilities of the repairs to the tenant buyer because you only have tenants. You can't sublease it out to tenant buyers. You understand what I'm saying? So what I do is I would just use an option agreement for 90 days, six months, a flexible option agreement, find another investor and sell your option agreement to that tenant, to that new end buyer. That's what I would do. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. Ethan, you, yeah, you just need to email support at germacore.com with that question. Yeah, Ethan, I'm sorry about that. There's something that happened don't know what. I'll have to look into it. But yeah, please send an email to support at joemccall.com, Ethan. Support at joemccall.com. Uh, Nick, thank you for having this call to help us with some questions. Your course material is vast and exceptionally well worth the price. Very helpful to revisit the modules regularly. Awesome. Good question from Dave. How do you establish ARV in a depreciating market? Sometimes ARV doesn't matter. Let me just put it that way. If I'm making a cash offer on a property, I'm not looking at ARVs. I'm looking at what other investors are buying properties for, right? So I'm going to look at the three lowest four or five comps, sold comps. I'm going to average them and multiply that by 80%. And that's what my offer is going to be. Sometimes with the lease option, I'm just looking when I'm doing a wholesaling lease options. If a seller wants 300,000, I'm just going to look quickly at the actives and the solds. Are there similar properties that have sold for around $300,000? And then I'm going to go with whatever the seller wants. Sometimes you just don't know until you start marketing the property. So if it's close enough, get it under contract. You'll find out soon enough if your cash offer that and you're trying to wholesale it, you'll find soon enough if it's not a good deal or not. And then you need to ask those buyers, hey, what price, if this isn't a good deal, what price would be a good deal? And your buyers will start telling you. Same with the tenant buyers. If you're overpriced, they'll tell you. You won't get any calls on it. Nobody will want to go see it. So then you go back and you have to renegotiate a new price with the seller. So sometimes you just don't know them. You need to let the market tell you what the ARV or what the real value of the house is. Yep. I had a realtor try to make me sign an exclusive agreement. I refused. That's fine. I mean, that's normal for realtors to do that. Paul just finished a great call learning about asset protection. Cool. Are land trusts applicable in lease options? Yeah, I know some people that do them. I've, I used to do land trusts for subject twos. I interviewed a guy, Lou Brown, a few months ago that is the, the master genius guy of trusts. So go to Real Estate Investing Mastery, look up that podcast with Lou Brown. And uh, he's got, if there's anybody who understands trusts, it's him. So check out his stuff. Okay, guys, appreciate you all. If you want to work with us, again, go to reinetwork.com slash coaching, reinetwork.com slash coaching. We do calls like this once or twice a week with our students and uh, coaching students. So yes, we appreciate you guys very much. Thank you, Gavin. 
Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Stay safe and uh, get on get on that phone and uh, let's make some let's make some money and things happen. Appreciate it, guys. Listen, if you've liked this, give us a thumbs up, share this video and subscribe to the podcast, Real Estate Investing Mastery. Subscribe to that podcast because I release three episodes a week on there, that stuff that you're not going to see on Facebook or YouTube. Really important you subscribe to the podcast. That's where I do most of my uh, content sharing. Randy he keeps on doing this to me. He keeps on saying, go Cubs. I'm going to have to start kicking him out of these calls. Go Cardinals. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Eric. All right, we'll see you guys. Go to reinetwork.com slash coaching. We'll see you all later. Thanks, Bye-bye. guys. Bye-bye.